You're listening to the MoneyWeb Now podcast series with Simon Brown. Live streamed every weekday at 6.30 a.m. It's Tuesday, 5 December, local GDP due 11.30 this morning. I'm Simon Brown coming at you live and loud from the MoneyWeb Global Headquarters in Johannesburg, South Africa. On the show today, Pithy Raiden has Herenia Capital Advisors. So gold, all-time highs yesterday, a little bit down yesterday, today rather. But what's driving it higher? Because inflation's coming down, interest rates are coming down. Uh, and what's this preferred gold miner locally or offshore? Uh, Alan Solomon, CFO at Capital Appreciation. Results so strong growth in annuity income. Fair bunch to pull apart in those numbers. Bianca Burtis, uh, Director and Treasury Partner at Citadel Global, managing volatility risks in commodity and currency in the agri sector. The show is brought to you by Stanlib. Visit stanlib.com to get in touch with one of their investment specialists. Stanlib Asset Management is an authorized financial services provider. Morning headlines from MoneyWeb. NAMPAC spends $335 million on advisory fees after that $1 billion rights offer. In the last three years, $2.3 billion on debt costs and fees. Some of that advisory is restructuring of the debt, but yowza, big number. Business Day, Finance Committee agrees to September start for the two-part system. Compromised is based on a letter by the Finance Minister saying earlier date is not feasible. So it was 25, then 24, now it is September 2024. Morning markets. US is re- was red. S&P off half a percent. Nasdaq down a full percent. Over in the east, red. Sydney down two-thirds of a percent. Tokyo, one and a third percent weaker. Commodities, all red. Gold, 2,055. Brent, 7,807. Platinum, 922. Palladium, 979. Rand 1883, Bitcoin 41,810 cent trading, 2.5% down in the Hong Kong lunch break. And top 40 opening call, about 330 points to the red. That is almost half a percent down. MoneyWeb now on the money. Also available on podcast. Today now with our Petri Radenhouse, Herenia Capital Advisors. Petri, appreciate the early morning. So we woke up yesterday, gold futures, gold spot, all trading at all-time highs. And i got to say, I'm holding it, so I can't complain. But I'm scratching my head a bit. What we've got is interest rates coming down. We've got inflation coming down. Well, interest rates eventually in time. That's what's been driving it higher. What's the, the drive for gold as we look into the new year? Uh, good morning, Sai. Uh, so I think... Oh, I don't know how to, I don't know how to say this without sounding like a madman, but the situation is higher at the moment. Uh, as you know, it's been tightening monetary policy that yeah, yeah. situation. If we look historically, though, um, you know, almost every time that interest rates have come down, or if you look at you know history of the Fed mm. during a cutting cycle. Uh, is really when the recession starts, right? Mm-hmm. And you always aim for the soft landing narrative, and there's never been a soft landing. Every time uh, you go out of an interest rate hiking cycle into an interest rate cutting cycle, the economy moves into a contraction phase, all right, mm-hmm. or into recession. I think that's what's driving gold. Um, okay. So, <laughs> you know, up to now, essentially, you can argue that it's been an inflation hedge. Yeah. Uh, and from here, it's now that rush to safety. So you can see yesterday that a huge spike, and it sort of reversed a little bit. It was up 3%, then down 2%, uh, sort of floating back to uh, now where it was before it all started, um, you know, sort of back to Friday's levels. And I think that was literally on the on the back of 
um, you know, expectation that, well, two things. There's a lot of volatility in it, but uh, initially expectations were sort of, well, Jerome Powell might hold interest rates um, and not, you know, hike any further from here mm-hmm. kind of thing, uh, which is a fearful thing for those who know that, uh, you know, if you look at history, when the interest rates start coming down, that's really when the economy is uh, needs to be stimulated and is actually in bigger trouble than we realize. Okay, I take your point. So so, I think so, so, yeah, gold is, a, is a, yeah, a recessionary hedge rather than an inflation hedge. Then the question is, okay, so we're worried about that, gold heading higher. What's your preferred gold miner? Uh, probably Anglo Gold okay. uh, at this stage. We hold them in both the local and offshore portfolios. Okay, yeah, and that, that was what Chantal Marx was saying yesterday as well. She liked Anglo Gold. And I pulled up a chart. It's certainly the lagger compared to uh, Harmony and uh, uh, Goldfield. Quick change track because the other thing that's been moving, Bitcoin, uh, this is just another risk on. And if gold is exciting and markets are exciting, Bitcoin kind of ju- joins the party and now above 41,000. And also, let's remember, Bitcoin was created in the midst of a financial crisis when markets were really, when the, when the Fed was being naughty mm-hmm. uh, and the markets were under immense pressure, right? Um, so if we're heading into a stage where the Fed is going to sort of induce another recessionary um, stage, then I think, uh, you know, Bitcoin's going to do well. And also, let's not forget, there's the four-year cycle that we always yeah. talk about. When is that next uh, halving? We're sort of heading into the... We're really heading into that uh, into that period where Bitcoin should start running pretty soon. Okay. Um, cool. So, yeah, so for folks, uh, Anglo Gold Ashanti, that was, as I said, same as what Chantal Marx was saying yesterday, and gold becomes a recession uh, hedge, essentially. Petri Redden, Hayes, Herenia, Capital Advisors, appreciate the early morning. And that's our poll today, LinkedIn and X. Uh, gold at all-time highs yesterday. Potential for next year. Are you bullish on gold into 2024? i got to say, I am. It's weird. I don't think I've ever been really bullish on gold before, uh, but it certainly is looking like a good play into the new year. Have your vote. Have your say. LinkedIn and X. If seagulls were hardy dars who could afford to retire to the coast, what kind of bird would you be? Would you soar over the savannah or chase summer around the globe? You see, even when you stop working, your money won't. When you invest in Stanlib's fixed income funds, you can retire earning a regular income off your investments. Invest for more certainty at stanlib.com forward slash more. Stanlib is an authorized financial services provider and a registered manager. MoneyWeb now on the money. Training now with uh, Alan Solomon, CFO at Capital Appreciation. Uh, results out for six months ending September. Revenue up 3%. HEPs up 105.6%. Dividend unchanged uh, four and a quarter cents. Alan, appreciate the early morning. Uh, you mentioned in the commentary, I mean, a tough year, and we can see that many of your clients are, are consumer-facing in the terminal business. But uh, overall, a good set of numbers, particularly on HEPs, helped by uh, a number of acquisitions in, in earlier years, which are seemingly doing very well within the group. Good morning, Simon. Thanks for having me. Yes, uh, I would take the six-month reporting period as being a particularly tough period. Uh, we've seen very, very cautious and judicious decision-making uh, patience on the part of our customers. We were, in large respects, we're actually waiting and seeing what was going to be the uh, the effects of the slowdown in the South African economy and, mm-hmm. and the uh, other factors affecting uh, economic activity. But we were very resilient in our stamina and determination. I think held us in enormously good stead. And we also believe that our customers are starting to believe 
that the SA Inc., as people are calling it, is starting to bottom out now and things are going to improve going forward. And, and you, you mentioned sort of customers being perhaps cautious is the right word, but particularly in your software as a service, particularly the, 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 the what you offer a, as a group, these are not things which, which your clients can do without. Does that sort of then just perhaps push some of this into the, the, the next year and perhaps the year after and, and truthfully help those numbers a bit? Well, our software division in particular, but notwithstanding, also our payments division. Mm-hmm. The products and services that we provide the customers, which are invariably blue chip, are, uh, our products and services are all mission critical. And they're absolutely essential, not only for current, but for future trading activity. And, and therefore, very much in demand and very much needed. And uh, But, you know, they've been very cautious. So I'm sure everybody acknowledges this has really been a tough, yeah. very, very, very difficult period in which to operate. And it was exacerbated by higher interest rates and a very volatile rand. So customers have been a little bit careful. They're actually sweating their assets a bit uh, longer. But uh, we're optimistic this is a temporary delay or pause. And uh, business will start getting back to some form of normality uh, going forward in the next 6 to 12 or definitely 18 months. Your payments division took a 17% drop in, in revenue. That, of course, uh, a lot of that is, is, is terminals and the like. You've also been doing a lot more terminal rentals versus sales. That does bring nice annuity income, which is something you've always wanted. Yeah, I think uh, we've always had a history that uh, terminals was the uh, outstanding feature in uh, the revenue line on uh, the payments division. We're now seeing a much more a broader range of revenue streams and diversified re- revenue streams. And now uh, annuity style revenue represents 59% of the payment division's revenue. And that's a much healthier and, and normalized type uh, of trading activity as opposed to uh, up and down uh, uh, what we call lumpy type mm. uh, uh, transactions, large size transactions. How's international doing? If, if I recall, it was towards the end of 2021 when we were chatting. You opened a, an office in, in, in the Netherlands. Certainly seeing some some good growth there. How, how much of group revenue is now coming out of out of that Netherlands office? Oh, we're very pleased with the growth of our uh, revenue uh, outside South Africa. Uh, grew 21% in this last six-month period. It now represents nearly 14% of our total group revenue. Mm. And one of the things which is a characteristic about group, we have very, very skilled and experienced engineers. Uh, their skill set is strong. Uh, their, uh, their hard work and their ability is obviously world-renowned, and it's drawn, uh, graining lots of traction with overseas companies who see uh, an a, a exchange rate and cost arbitrage where South African engineers are very, very well priced and we are able to transact in foreign currency abroad. Yeah, in acquisition, you own agreement, you're going to end up owning uh, 33% of asset pool. Uh, looking through the business, looking at the clients and, 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 and the offering from it, uh, a large and, and, and global pool of, of clients. This is beyond just the borders of South Africa. There's some well-named companies in there, which we all know, Baldwin and others, but it's, it's, it's wider than just local. That's an exciting new uh, initiative that's emerged in this reporting period. But uh, we are continuing. We've got substantially uh, cash resources. We've got a very strong balance sheet, ungeared, no debt. And we've now got the ability uh, to continue the process, even though it goes as expenses to the uh, to the bottom line, mm. in growing organically within our existing business. But we're very, very uh, conscious of our ability to acquire businesses. And we've been very successful. The last two acquisitions over the last 19 months have been very well 
uh, bedded down, and we're very happy with the progress those two new businesses we bought in that uh, in that last 18, 19 months. Yeah, I mean, one of them, uh, Daryl Solutions, if I'm pronouncing it correctly, I mean, it, it a, a recent acquisition, but uh, fairly swiftly and quickly uh, delivering on the, on, on the bottom line, and, and your acquisitions really have, as you mentioned over the period, worked very well for, for the profitability and growth of the business. Absolutely, and we've got a very, very skilled team that uh, that understands the opportunities in these acquisitions. We sl- we're very cautious when we go and uh, and conclude these transactions, mm. but so far, uh, all the acquisitions we've bought since 2017 and now the current ones are starting to uh, trigger very uh, uh, significant benefits, which will benefit us definitely in the medium to long term going forward. You mentioned a, a strong balance sheet, no no, no debt. Uh, you also mentioned, I mean, you're doing really strong cash generation, which leaves you with a, a fairly large pile. Are, are you are you do, looking at lots of acquisitions and sort of just picking and choosing, or is it you know, the, the process much more targeted? Yeah, absolutely. We are focused on what the types of businesses uh, that meet our critical uh, criteria. But at the same time, there is definitely lots of opportunity out there. But we're cautious, and we'll do it in a in a in a stage uh, manner, and and be able to bed them down without trying to be too over uh, uh, eager uh, to make acquisitions for the sake of making acquisitions. But we're very comfortable with the, the speed and progress that our management team are adopting. Alan Solomon, CFO Capital Appreciation. Appreciate the early morning. When you stay invested over time in Stanlib's Global Multi-Strategy Diversified Growth Fund, your money's in for some smooth sailing. With our global partners, J.P. Morgan Asset Management at the helm, your money can withstand the pressure and bad weather day-to-day market conditions cause. All aboard? Seek more returns at stanlib.com forward slash more. Stanlib Asset Management is an authorized financial services provider. MoneyWeb now on the money. I'm chatting with Bianca Butters, Director and Treasury Partner at Citadel Global. Bianca, appreciate the time today. Our farming sector, you put out a recent note, and we'll touch on the hedging in a moment, but it's size and significance. I mean, it feeds 60 million people. That's important. But it's also 10% of exports. It's actually a giant industry. Yes, when we look at the agri-market, it's actually significant in South Africa, like you mentioned, for local food access, but also in terms of our export and our trade balance. In 2022, the agri-sector's output amounted to about 10% of South Africa's total export earnings, and that equated to about $12.8 billion. Staggering numbers. And of course, I mean, just agri, farming is really tough. It is rain. Not much we can do about that. There are agri plus price fluctuations. We do have suffix. We have an agri board there and there are a fair bit of commodities that farmers can hedge against. And my understanding is that a, a lot of local farmers, sort of maize and wheat, do use that for hedging. Yes, so what you often find in the market is that your farmers, especially your bigger commercial farmers, Mm. have access to these type of derivative products that you can trade over suffix and they have the ability to hedge their commodity prices. However, what you often also find in the South African landscape is quite a bit of more or less unsophisticated farmers, or less sophisticated farmers Mm -hmm. rather, that doesn't necessarily understand all the financial products out there and who doesn't necessarily have access to all these financial products and you'll often see those guys actually going and selling their goods off to co-ops corporations that actually 
sell these goods on to, to offshore buyers. And then the co-op actually takes the responsibility of providing the farmer with a fixed price for his goods. And then the co-op manages the currency fluctuations involved in that. Because that's the other biggie. I mean, if it's internal, okay, there's no direct currency. But as soon as you start exporting, and of course we import a bit as well, as soon as it leaves our borders, then suddenly the currency comes into it. And I mean, you can put a, a shipload of oranges on the dock in Cape Town. By the time it gets to Europe, the rand could be anywhere. Hedging the rand becomes hugely important. Yes, so in the agri-space specifically, hedging the rand is extremely important. And as exporters, you know, you actually get the benefit of forward points. You get the benefit of some really beneficial option structures. So it makes hedging in the export space a lot more palatable than what you would normally see on the import space. And when we start looking at these exporters, once tends to assume that they only face the risk of a rand strengthening. Mm. But they actually have quite a bit of input costs that are also denominated in dollars, so they actually need oh. to manage those input costs. And just simple things like freight costs can actually incur quite a steep loss for a client if they don't manage that proactively. That's a good point, because I mean, freight costs often in dollars. Is this rolling hedging sort of as needed as you farming, or would you sit down at the beginning of the year and hedge the year? Or perhaps more importantly, sit down at the beginning of the year, plan the year, and then hedge accordingly? Yes, I think the latter is very important, is actually to sit with a client and understand exactly what the season looks like, because obviously every single crop has a different season. So understand the seasons, when they are expecting to ship, when they are expecting to receive their funds, what input costs are required, when are those expected to be paid, and actually manage your forex strategy in a dynamic manner in line with those cash flow timelines, and obviously also in line with the underlying operations, risk appetite and need for certainty of outcome. And you mentioned, I mean, obviously, I imagine, I was going to say the majority of large farmers, I'm probably wrong about that, are doing it. For the small farmer, I suspect many of them think that this is just complex finance products way above them. But truthfully, the hedges don't have to be huge. They can still be viable. Absolutely. So it's not a matter of if you only trade $10 million or a billion dollars a year that you can have access to these products. There are financial firms in the market like your treasury outsource companies who can actually facilitate these type of transactions on behalf of the smaller agricultural players. And a very important element of that is actually breaking it down and explaining it to the underlying client. I think often in the banking space, that breakdown of exactly how it works, what the role and function is, gets a little bit lost in translation. And oftentimes these guys get so risk averse that they either just book in the spot or just book a forward because it's clear and simple and they understand it. And they actually miss out an opportunity as an exporter to, let's say, partake in a weakening rant should that unfold. I take your point. Often our industry is a little bit jargon-filled, and it speaks most people, some of the people in the industry as well. We'll leave it there. Bianca Bortis, Director, Treasury Partner at Citadel Global. Appreciate the time. That's it for today. I was chatting with uh, Brandon Naidu from Liberty yesterday. The whole process, requirements, legal tax on virtual immigration. We asked if you had virtually immigrated. You stay in South Africa, but you do a virtual job somewhere else in the world and you earn, I don't know, dollar, euros, remember something like that. Uh, half said you were keen to try a third. Said, no, you know what, you actually quite like your current job. The rest say, yep, and it is awesome. Have your vote, have your say, LinkedIn and X. The show is brought to you by Stanlib. Visit stanlib.com to get in touch with one of their investment specialists. Stanlib Asset Management is an authorized financial services provider.
We're live every weekday morning. The MoneyWeb website and the app, 6.30 a.m. podcast, just after 7. Thanks to my team, Eddie, Nobuchle, Nicole, to you for listening, my guests for their time. My name is Simon Brown. This is MoneyWeb Now. We'll chat again tomorrow. You've been listening to another MoneyWeb Now podcast, posted every weekday at 7 a.m. on moneyweb.co.za. MoneyWeb Now, on the money.